This episode of the Disc Golf Answer Man is sponsored by Well Sacks. Well Sacks is a tie-on well-shaped grip bag that is designed to dry your wet, sweaty hands during activities and sports that require hand and finger grip, like disc golf. Now, what makes the Well Sacks unique is that they come in various patterns and they are filled with a clay-based stone powder, which is non-rosin and cleaner than chalk. Make sure you check out all that we have to offer at wellsacks.com. Also, this show is sponsored by listeners just like you. Just go to patreon.com slash DGAM and support the show. I've got different levels. I've got two different levels right now. One level, I will send out to you the episode as soon as I am done editing it. In fact, as soon as I am done recording this intro, I'm going to go edit this episode here on Monday night and push it out to our Patreon members. Also, the next level is some behind the scenes where I'll be talking to Eric or talking to Robert, or when I interview guests, I'll interview some special little segments with them that you will only be able to hear for our Patreon the Gammer level. So make sure you check out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash DGAM. And thank you so much for your support. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Disc Golf Answer Man. I am Bobby Cool, Daddy Slick Breeze, and I have with me Eric Oakley and Robert McCall, the hair. You're always going to have a nickname. We're always going to give you a name. We're not, that's not going to change. That's okay. Yeah, we can't let that go. <laughs> so we have a, some, some familiar voices back on the Disc Golf Answer Man show. Of course, um, you know from uh, a, an episode I made on disc golf audio about disc golf management, how I left dynamic discs a few weeks ago to be able to move back closer home to family. And in fact, just yesterday I spent some time with some grandkids and it was amazing. And it just reinforced my decision to do that, to spend more, be able to spend more time with family. Um, I'm working with a few disc golf companies on some social media stuff and some, actually some companies around Tulsa. So things are starting to happen in a positive way for me. So uh, everything is doing fantastic. But as I was doing, uh, trying to figure out the disc golf answer man and the, uh, the, the direction I wanted to take it, um, I got overwhelmingly some messages saying people wanted to see Robert McCall back on the air with disc golf answer man. So I reached out to Robert McCall. And of course, uh, we talked about a few things. He corrected a few of my grammar mistakes as I was talking. And I, <laughs> and I, and I thought, that, this is it. We're back at it. This has got to happen again. So. Um, so Rob McCall is back on here. And then, of course, I reached out to Eric Oakley and I asked him what his thoughts were to be on the show. And as always, Eric Oakley was, I'm in, dude. I'm in. I'm in. I want to do it. I want to help. I want to be on there. And I've always loved Eric Oakley's approach to teaching and uh, being available to people and being helpful to people and answering questions. And so he was obviously a perfect fit to be on the show. So I am beyond excited to have both of you be part of the Disc Golf Answer Man world. Now we're going to have different things. Like I already interviewed Scott Stokely. If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you should go back and listen to that. That is uh, out there on Spotify, Stitcher, and all the big podcast places. And then I started something new called Degam Daily, where I'm going to take some uh, old YouTube videos where there's some really good tutorials and tips. And I'm going to share those with you guys, give you my input on it, but allows you, I mean, there's so much out there on YouTube that um, so I'm sure there's stuff that you just may have missed that was produced two or three years ago, but two, two, three, two or three years ago, but it's going to be great information. And so I'm going to work to kind of bring you that daily as uh, part of the disc golf answer man mission to make sure we do what we can to help you become better at disc golf. So with that all being said, let's catch up a little bit with you, Robert. What have you been up with up to? Hey everyone. Um, <clears throat> well, it's been, I was smiling. I I think I was smiling externally, but also internally. Whenever I heard you say, "Hey, hey everybody, this is Bobby Cool Daddy Slick Breeze," because it's been a long time since I heard that. I liked it. Um, okay, so if you uh, if you don't follow me on social media or haven't uh, kept up, I'll uh, yeah, I'll give you an update. So we moved back to Texas in um, I guess end of January, beginning of February. Uh, and similar reasons to Bobby, we wanted to be closer to our families. We now have a one-year-old son named Owen and, um, Julio. It was, yeah, dude, Julio. Yeah. Julio. <laughs> that's a story for a different time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, 
but we just, yeah, wanted to be closer to our families. It was really tough to make the drive from Emporia to my parents are in the Houston area. Shay's parents are kind of in Southwest Texas. And so it was 11 hours straight if you didn't have an infant. And so it was more than that if you did have an infant. Um, so it was just tough. And so we decided we were going to move back. Um, things fell into place really quickly. It was it, it was kind of crazy how quickly they fell into place as far as selling the house, finding a new job, all that stuff. So um, we're in our house here in uh, San Marcos, just south of Austin. Um, I've started a job with Texas Disposal Systems. It's a um, trash and recycling company. I started out selling. I've, I've taken quite a uh, journey with this company as well. Um, started out selling commercials. So just going to businesses and trying to earn their business. And that was good. I, um, I enjoyed that. They opened a position at the company uh, in August for disaster relief and uh, large events. So I applied for that and got that job. Um, so that changed my role quite a bit. Went down to New Orleans and um, have quite a bit of our stuff down there helping out people with a hurricane. And then also I'm the person in charge of ACL right now. Um, so it's, uh, it's very, it's been a very busy couple of weeks and weekend, um, but it is what it is. So then most recent change is uh, my boss just left the company. Um, good friends of ours. I'll still see him all the time, but um, his vision for my role was a little bit different than the sales director's vision. And so he wanted to take the events away and have me sell to municipalities. So we've got a, a lot of cities around Texas that we can sell to and get the, get the whole city's business. And so that's my new role, municipal sales and uh, disaster relief. So like HEB is a customer of mine. They, they call often. And uh, if you, if you don't know about HEB, you're missing out. It is, it's the crown jewel of grocery stores. And I know it makes me sound old to say that, but it's awesome. So anyway, um, life I know they good, got, man. I know they got good uh, chicken. Hey, listen, that fajita chicken though. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Come on. That come on. Stuff. And when one is right next to you and you can get those tortillas whenever you want, I mean, it's wonderful. So anyway, um, life is good for us. We're, we're chilling. Shay's still working from home. Owen is, uh, he, he turned one five days before I turned 36. So, uh, so he's, he's doing awesome and yeah, life's good. Can't complain. Very good. Very good. Well, good catching up with you, Robert. So also we have, uh, I know we're going to have a lot of topics to talk about, but we also have questions. So guys, discgolfanswerman.com is a website that's back up. It's kind of transitioned to something new and different. Again, a lot of this is going to be change, a little bit different, some of the same, but we all, we have a submit a question form where you're going to be able to submit your questions. Um, but we're going to definitely talk about different topics, uh, trending disc golf topics. Um, of course, when there's events going on, we're going to get the inside scoop from Eric Oakley, um, but we're definitely going to answer your disc golf questions. So make sure you get those in, those questions in. Um, let's, let's kind of let you guys ready to dive into, uh, the top. Aren't you going to ask if I played disc golf this weekend? Oh yeah. That part. We got that it's, part. It's that literally part, one part, of the only part. times <laughs> that's new part this of the show. One of the gonna only be... times I've been able to say yes. Oh, okay. Played disc golf this hey, Robert. So you playing disc golf this weekend? Thank you. Thank you for asking, Bobby. I did. He's been and, waiting okay. for this. Yeah, I have. The moment I have. this happened. You guys, you guys are about to learn how really good at disc golf I am. Okay. So there's a course nearby here that has like a regular 18-hole course, a uh, little bit wooded, fun. They call it the big course. And then there's uh, what is basically a putt-putt disc golf course. So, I mean, the longest hole is maybe 150 feet. Is this the um, flying armadillo? Yes, it is. Awesome. I've never been. Dude, it's a blast. Absolute yeah. blast. I had a couple of uh, friends from college come and visit and bring their kids. And so we all went out and played. Um, a lot of people drew metal on some of the holes, but I aced hole 15. Um, it is 78 feet. <laughs> but I so mean, that's just the, a, the that's gap. Just, that's a Ricky Wysocki putt. <laughs> yeah, it's just a putt. But, but the gap is like, it's, it's two and a half discs width wide. And uh, my buddy had hit the line right before and hit the basket. And we we're like, Oh, that was sick. And so I threw my, uh, this, Oh, look, that I'm throwing a lot. I'm throwing a lot of different stuff now, but this, this throwing putter is money. That's a jam, and huh? it, not a joke. As soon as I let it go, I, I, I turned to Shay and I was like, well, that's in. And it just Drano. 
So anyway, yes. don't count it toward the ace total, but it was fun. So I played you, this call. Did you say what you it keep, was? Do you uh, keep audio. track of your aces? Uh, I stopped. Uh, I stopped a while ago, but I don't have that many. I probably have like sixteen or seventeen. Not a lot. Yeah, I don't have any, and I stopped a while ago too. I stopped. Counting. <laughs> <laughs> Since they're never happening. It's like it's actually a question that gets asked like kind of yeah. often, and I I try and ask like pros uh, all the time. Like, do you, do you keep track of that? And there are a few out there that have they you know every single number, and I I forgot, but I don't remember most things. Like so, Fair. it was it was information that my brain was going to let go of, anyways. I don't remember. Most yeah, things. <laughs> that's gonna Fair. be that's gonna be the the tweet I put out about this episode. <laughs> Eric Oakley, uh, I, I don't, don't remember re- most things. <laughs> true, true. Find true. out that anyway. and more on the uh, next episode of maybe. Anyway. That's we right. Remember to to be on. Okay, yeah. so I actually got to play disc golf not over the weekend, but last week I got to play with uh, my grandson Eli, which was awesome. We played Riverside out in Tulsa, which was a course that really plays uh, fast. Every time we've played it, it's like, man, we're already done. Um, but it's a good time. Have you got? Have you ever played that, uh, Eric or Robert? Not not Tulsa. Okay, nope. so it's a really great course, right uh, right up against Riverside Drive, and uh, in fact, some of the holes. Uh, it's actually part of play. A lot of people, they actually will try to skip off the road. And so you have to time it to where there's not traffic coming and you skip off the road to get it to park near the basket. So that's kind of an interesting shot. Um, It was, I believe, Tulsa. I thought, I believe they had Am Worlds there in 2013 or 16. So um, Tulsa's actually got a really nice disc golf scene. And if you're watching from the Tulsa area, listening from Tulsa area, I'm going to try to get plugged into some minis that are out there. And, nice. and play some some of the courses out there. I'm excited about Sweet. that. Sweet, that's awesome. Now I'm assuming Eric, you got some disc golf in over the weekend. Outside, uh, I, I, we got into Winthrop on Saturday, and I saw the weather was going to be a little bit rough, uh, so I made sure I went and got practice yesterday. Practice um, or on Saturday, yesterday, and today, because um, there might be a chance that practice is no good for tomorrow with the with the weather coming in but mike i probably plan on doing some putting um outside of that before that was in tennessee for music city open before that i was in canada so winning i like winning um and then it's been i've been playing every weekend just put it that way it has there is no it's all gas no breaks just golf 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 and that's that's the tour life now and you know you just gotta Play. how did the courses play, play out there in canada they were very fun yeah they were uh what they're trying to do the property is absolutely gorgeous it's on a golf course that is very much into disc golf and um you can see that the golfers are now actually more okay with it because they understand it's bringing a lot of revenue to the course because they've seen it improve over the years which is a great uh relationship they're having um the the course would not pass for pro tour level but the property itself has a very very solid course in it it's just about making it happen but um, that's cool it played really well for my sidearm so i will always love it i could throw a felon <laughs> sidearm everywhere and i've made the joke often that if i designed a course uh to throw a felon sidearm uh i would lose by one to nate sexton at, yep. at that course <laughs> So that, that's fair, dude, uh, Eric, I meant to tell you, by the way, as, as we're talking about, uh, that event and then music city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the reason you went to Canada was to try and qualify for USDGC yes. and not only did you qualify, but you won, which was mm-hmm. sick, yes. right? Super cool. But how good does it feel going to music city and you would have qualified there? Like you're covered. So that I, I wouldn't call it a wasted trip for me. That's no. like, that's yeah, confidence. Like look, shows, I, I can do this. Still there. It's all yes, been there. It's, it never went anywhere. I just was in a funk and or in a in a valley, if you will, of these ups and downs. And yeah. golf is weird sometimes. Golf can yeah, golf, for sure. golf like disc golf is beautiful and traumatizing and so many different things. <laughs> life affirming and yeah, life yeah. taking away. And <laughs> it's 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 true though. It's like we know we yeah. deal with all these things and it brings us all these emotions, but um, I think the the biggest part is that um, I really enjoy disc golf, and there was a period this year to keep it real, Bobby. I did not 
like disc golf. Oh, sure. I, I was, I was very much not enjoying it. I was very open about it on social media. So I was very open about it on the course, which I did not like, but uh, definitely working to be back to normal me and enjoying every every shot, every throw, and every opportunity. Now you mentioned that, yeah, dude. you mentioned the courses that weren't wouldn't be quite ready for disc golf pro tour level. I mean, it's not that they're a bad course, but what what are some of the things that uh, would you say are missing or needs to happen to make it ready for something like that? Uh, just challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. The overall challenge, like a lot of the holes were you know, also designed because it was a, uh, uh, all divisions played the same courses. So mm-hmm. they, they, they were a little handcuffed in making sure that, well, we made this really awesome hole, but then it's really bad for your lower divisions and it just right. becomes not that fun for anybody to play. Um, but they had a lot of, uh, of good diversity with elevation, uh, some shots in the trees, some cool, uh, you know, bringing in some greens into play and, if they really were to go to the pro tour level, it would probably need to be stretched and maybe a combined layout, which would be very doable out there. And they would just need more OB. And that's just, I know a lot of people don't like manufactured OB, but I'm growing to like it a little bit more because we've seen places where we've just done distance and not force players to know where their disc is going to land. They were just able to throw it for wherever they want. So they're throwing big rollers, 600 feet, they're throwing big air shots wherever they want. And, you know, have we, if we challenge where the disc comes to rest a little bit more, especially on the pro tour, that'll happen. So um, Foxwood was just missing in that department, but they had, I don't know, 10 or 12 absolutely fantastic holes over the 36 that were pro tour caliber already. So they're not far off. And uh, again, a lot of really fun shots to throw. So I think that was something that was a big takeaway was, it was nice to not get punched in the face by the course repeatedly we do on the pro tour a little bit. So it was nice to go out, get some confidence and just throw the disc good. So, so speaking of awesome. the disc golf pro tour, what, what uh, Robert as a uh, observer and person that still watches disc golf pro tour, what was your reaction uh, being outside of disc golf in the sense that you don't work in disc golf, but you're still a fan of disc golf. What was your reaction to yeah. when you read about, uh, disc golf pro tour taking over more of the PDJ events. Right. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sound like, uh, I know everything. Uh, th- it kind of, it kind of seemed like a, a long time coming and I don't mean that as a shot to the national tour. Um, it's just the, the disc golf pro tour had a lot more resources, um, a lot more personnel dedicated specifically to a professional tour. Um, you know, the PDJ has, uh, the, the majority of membership is amateurs and they need to take care of amateurs. And so to have a, an entity specifically focused on uh, professional players, I, th- I think that's a win later, Bobby. So um, I, it seemed like it was maybe not a long time coming, but when I heard the announcement, I wasn't really surprised about it. Um, yeah. And I think, I think it's going to be a good fit, you know, taking, taking some of the best NTs and then some of the best pro tours and then making one, one big tour that's organized uh, by the same people. That's going to, can I good. interject real quick? Yeah, yeah, please. So, uh, if you will look, I'll pull it up right now. Oh, pro. Here it is. Um, the schedule has been released for 2022. So to give mm-hmm. you a reference of, um, national tours that are staying on the only ones that remained going from national tours to pro tours are Texas States and the dynamic disc open. Hmm. Those are the only ones that were able to, and keeping it real, those are the only ones that lived up to the pro tour standards as for events being ran well and, and, and all that stuff. No surprise when you have the entity of a dynamic discs being the people running that they're sure. going to live up to that. Uh, you know, all the discraft run events with Nate Heinold at Deeklo and Ledgestone are, are were pro tours already, so that didn't happen. The ones we're missing out are Masters Cup. Masters Cup had issues without being able to be live. Um, Music City was run by a volunteer crew. Same with Delaware. And what's starting to happen is 
you can't do that anymore. So yeah. uh, if you guys haven't checked the, the, the new schedule for next year, it looks awesome. And I think there's a lot of cool things to be seen there. Uh, go to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. On Wait, so, so Beaver State is off the calendar too? Beaver State is. Um, from what uh, the little conversations I've had with Jeff Spring that uh, it, it, we needed to cut a couple events to fit stuff in, like Des Moines stepped up to the challenge and I actually think Pickford yeah. is awesome. So we had to lose an event. I honestly thought we were going to stay uh, in Portland for another week, but I think it's growing ever like more and more difficult to work with the fling and with um, mm. gotcha. uh, Milo MacGyver and, and, and all of that, because it's just difficult. And, uh, and also finding a crew to run it might be, might've been something, this is all speculation as well. So might've been, and uh, I know that Jeff has aspirations to grow Portland immensely the Portland open to, to not just be at the golf course that we were in that track, we probably will never play again. Um, but making use of blue Lake, making use of that potentially making use of Milo McIver in in the future cool. or something is like, I is, is all stuff that's been talked about in the works. I would imagine that would be years from now, but the Portland open will grow to be something really big, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully Portland can have a major because I know that's what got Tina into disc golf or really heavily into the disc golf. She was already into disc golf, but it's one thing that I remember watching. I don't know if uh, any of our, Oh yeah. I, I think, I think that's the craziest part is that I'm I'm running right now. Sorry. Uh, the COVID disc golfer doesn't really know about the Ricky Paul playoff at blue Lake. Mm, yeah. Yes. From, the, from port from Portland world. So yes. I, if I, man, I, I hope that we can show them this beauty, this gem. That's like, you know, it's like somebody d- grows up and doesn't see, Michael Jordan hitting that shot against the Cavaliers, that kind of stuff. Like you don't see that stuff anymore. And if you would, for sure, basketball guy, all you know is LeBron James. So for the most part, <laughs> LeBron so, James. So, so for the most part, I was reading on social media from pros and and most people, uh, AMs and just fans of disc golf. It's it seems like it's a positive thing. Is that kind of the Big what time. you got from the pro players? The reaction, Eric. Yeah, we knew that it was happening way before but we were just kind of waiting for everything to become more official. Um, and I think it's the direction that needed to happen anyways. The, the, the PDGA does not have the resources uh, to handle what the pro scene needs. And they still need to be very much involved in the pro scene, but they need to, you know, take a backseat role. Mm. And I think the pro tour is, is, is guiding the ship and, and getting us into a really good spot. And, that partnership, I think, will means good things because if yeah. I think if it would have gone the opposite direction, where the pro tour definitely could have at some point said, "Oh, you guys are going to keep fighting on us on this. Cool, we're good. We'll go run our tour without you," and that would have been a way worse situation. This is good for everybody in disc golf. And that's, I think, is what we is the biggest takeaway. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get to the next topic, let's uh, let's get to a question or two. Yeah. This one is we sent in. Any. We haven't answered anything. I know. Well, you answered my question. Only Bobby's questions. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste. It's a Bobby answer show. Answer Bobby's <laughs> question show. <laughs> hey, can we rename the show, please? Yeah. All right. So Zach wants Let's to know, see. he's having trouble with getting the nose down on his throws and recently watched the Philo video where he says to keep wrist above elbow for nose upshots. I realized all my throws, my wrist is above my elbow. Should I focus on keeping elbow above wrist for a nose down throw? Uh, I knew the nose up thing. Yeah. The nose down thing. I I just really focus on lowering the power and, and legitimately just taking my hand. This is relaxed and just pushing the nose down, turning it over exaggerate. And it takes a lot of field work and a lot of practice to even get it somewhat into your subconscious to do, and then do that thousands of times more and then you'll have i mean even even now like pros still mess up nose angle we still do it's like probably one of the most common errors that players make is messing up the nose angle for sure yeah i mean that's 
I've, I've never been able to throw very far, but I think one of the issues with that is that I never really got like a really pure nose down all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything was like neutral to maybe even a little nose up, which like, it's predictable. It's like when you go play golf and you slice the ball and you're like, well, I guess I'm just aiming left. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you're leaving some potential on the table if you, if you don't unlock that. So I I wouldn't think too much about where your arm is and compared to elbow, try it. And if it works for you run with that too. So I think that's important, but I would put time in the field, try pushing the nose down. And again, when you're trying this stuff, slow everything down, go power down and focus on it. Because if you try and throw as hard as you can while getting the nose down, like, you're probably going to mess up three other different things that are going to cause other issues and make your throw not good. And then you won't even realize that you got the nose angle down. So keep it, keep the power level low. Yep. All right. Next one comes from Sam between a full-time job, a job, a toddler to take care of. My time can be pretty limited to practice for practice, especially during the week. What are some, yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is my question. (laughs) Yeah. What are are some uh, methods routines that, weekend warriors can use to improve and raise their skill floor level floor. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll speak to that. I, I haven't, I, uh, this situation isn't exactly mine. I haven't been trying to be competitive in disc golf for a little while. Um, I think there will probably come a day when I do again, just for fun. Were you, you know, ever never, competitive? Hey, Jesus. listen, <laughs> I, says do the you guy remember that's a like bet three, that, 300 points below you? Do you remember a bet that we made that I won? <laughs> Lest we never forget. Anyway. Um, I apologize. I apologize. That's all right. It's okay. It's, uh, very, very sad. Very sad. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I was never trying to like tour or, or anything like that. But when I was competing and playing in local stuff, um, I was still working in eight to five and it, for me, it became, I, I would try to fit in, let's say half an hour at lunch. If I have half an hour to give that day, um, go putt for half an hour one day, or take that half hour and go throw, uh, throw my putters and then go to the basket and put all of them out or just throw mid ranges or just work on forehand, whatever it is. Um, you would be surprised if you focus your field work time, how much you can accomplish in a shorter amount of time. If you have a plan, it's really easy for field work to go out with your bag, set it down, start with the slowest and just send them and be like, oh, that one went far. Oh, that one went not as far. So that just sucks. Um, You know, like (laughs) it's really, it's really easy to do that. And so I think having a plan and saying, okay, today, if I have time, if I have this half an hour, this is what I'm going to work on. Um, Another thing is that you can, if all right. So you have a toddler. Um, if your spouse is willing to stay home after they're asleep, uh, Owen goes down around eight o'clock. I could, I could, if I have a basket, I could put a light up in the backyard and put and putt for 20 minutes. If there's a course nearby, um, I could get a light and go putt. Like you don't, you don't have to have as much light to putt as you do to throw. And so maybe alternating some lunchtime after the kid goes to bedtime, it's worth a shot. That's what I'd recommend. Yeah, if you're not, if it's not eight, if you're like a nine o'clock or like is when you go in, like you can definitely go and play start at mm-hmm. seven o'clock and get oh, yeah. almost a full round in just yourself. I remember when I was working uh, for Dismania back in the day, um, I had a, I, there was a course that basically made a triangle with where we worked, where we stayed. And I would go to this field, six baskets, Ralph Lewis Park in Rancho Cucamonga. It's one of the best places that I've ever done field work. And I would just like, Oh, in the morning, get up early. Cool. Shoot over there. 45 minutes of throwing. Boom. Go to go. Then lunchtime. And then also probably after like I, and then we had a basket at the house and I was playing nonstop. So I can't relate now, but when I was and had limited time, I was trying to get anything in as I could, as Robert stated. So that's, that's the best info anybody can have. You can, if it's 20 to 30 minutes of putting, you will see the benefits of that come the weekend or whenever you do get to play next, you will be a better putter just because of that little bit of time. Even if it doesn't feel like it's the best you could have done, you'll, you'll be better because of it. Yep. I'm with you. There you go. All right. So this next question will kind of lead into the topic we're going to talk about, Ooh, uh, but we'll, we'll go ahead and let uh, Morgan get it started. AKA Maloney disc golf. Molini, Molini, Molini. 
Yes. Do you like? I want to. I want to see this one so I can tell you if it's if we have another Malachi situation no. right now. M O L E N N Y, Milani. Okay, Milani, Millennium. Anyway, do okay. you like the hokey pokey mini golf aesthetics of the USDGC that comes from having the green pillars, mozzarella sticks, artificial triple mandos, hay balls, etc.? Is this what we should expect for the future of disc golf? So give us. Give us a, a a pro player's perspective, Eric, about these okay. things. Oh, you were talking, oh, yeah. talking <laughs> oh, to Eric. Eric. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. When you said pro player, I just, I just assumed. You're it's ready whatever. to step up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is this is big. Uh, I we can't have this be the future for disc golf. Oh. So it is not good. I think it is uh, lazy design, and uh, it's showing Winthrop's age and that we maybe have outgrown the property that we're currently using at Winthrop. Now I do know that they have other areas, but they might, the, the university might not want to let the disc golf, um, tournament happen there. So that, that sucks. We played on the golf course. We played a couple holes. I ran the golf course today and just did a loop around the outside of it. And we could have an 18 hole course over there. That would be probably better than what we're currently playing. Would it be as swingy as challenging and, and different things with all the, the OB, the, the drop zones, the mandatories, the, the, the name, the countless stuff like that, maybe not, but it would be a very enjoyable disc golf course to play. So I, I do not think that, um, that these pillars and lots of mandatories and rules that are weird, where if you do this on a Tuesday, you go to this drop zone. And if it happens to the day happens to have an E in it, then you go to this drop zone when you go OB, like kind of stuff. It's I'm just putting it to the point where if you have to have too many rules and too many words and to tell, how tell people how to play the whole, it's too much. So, uh, you come it's it's become customary at usdgc to see that and i think it comes from lazy course design mm. and that's but again i will say when i say that it being lazy i also think that they are handcuffed on the amount of property they are allowed to use so sure so then that's with that being said they are doing their best with what they've been given right so. now from my perspective as just the fan and a viewer I, it feels silly. It and in fact, I think yeah. I I don't know if Dixon Jower was, was the creator of the meme, but I saw him post it on his on the box Facebook group where he had the Masters. He had Augusta one hole. I can't remember what hole it was, and he somebody had photoshopped pillars in front of a. It's like in front of a T, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, it looks ridiculous. And it to me, sorry USDGC, but it looks ridiculous and i would imagine someone just discovering the sport seeing that would find it like what is going on here i don't understand Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on it robert yeah i mean i'm i'm with eric i I, i'm not a fan of of how it looks i think it's tough because that uh, it's like a whole nine is whole i guess it's whole nine is the one they always kind of mess with Mm -hmm. And, and change in, in one way. It's like the experimental hole or whatever. Um, yeah. And I'm just not really a big fan of, especially of the new change on hole nine. Um, I've heard in practicality, it doesn't really change the shot that much. Um, if you want to go straight, I mean, if you want to go straight at it, there's a gap. If you want to go hyzer, there's a gap. It's not like, it's not like the pole is such in the way that it's like, you can't, you can't even imagine how to throw a shot out of that. But when I saw it, I was reminded of the meme. I'm sure that you guys have seen, but it's of the old guy who said, look how they massacred my boy. That's what, like, <laughs> that's what I thought about when I saw it. Um, because, because USDGC, like you said about the masters is like, it's our, it's this golf's masters. It's always at the same location. There's something special about that place. You know, I got to play it one time and it was, it was awesome. Like I just, I had a, I had a blast and like, there's a lot of history there, you know, that, um, some of the sports best battles have gone down there. Some of the best rounds in disc golf have been thrown there. And so it's a place that people are going to want to play regardless. Yeah. And so I, yes, I, I wish that 
the uh, the mozzarella sticks weren't there personally. It doesn't mean I'm not going to watch or if I had the chance to play, I'm not going to play. Of course not. I would absolutely, like I will watch and I would play if given the opportunity to, but it's just not my favorite. I, I wish for our sports, what's, what's deemed as our sports premier event, or at least one of two, I'd, I'd like to see it without this. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine during the live coverage and then, of course, during the post-production that gets made, the, the comments that are going to come um, when that hole appears on video. Um, I'd be curious to see just I, I how just, harsh people are going to be. I just I don't want to see somebody on live coverage hit one of those poles. Just swag. it's It's just going to be yeah. why. Like, and every, and nobody's going to be, people are going to laugh because duh. Right. And, uh, Especially if it comes secondly, but somebody. nobody's going to be like, is this, this, this is disc golf. This right. is where we've, this is what we've gotten to. Like, it just doesn't feel good. I walked Monday qualifying and happened to see somebody hit one. And I was just like, man, I mean, he gave himself a chance to get his par because he, because if you hit him, you're likely not OB. And if you do go OB, you have a 40 foot obstructed putt. And again, it's just, unnecessary it doesn't it doesn't add value and you've been out there Nor right do Eric? I think, what's that you've been out there right yeah how tall are you how tall are they compared like to you if you're they standing got me by a couple feet really they're they're like seven or eight feet i would assume and how thick um i mean like 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 a what, foot or two in smaller diameter than a disc smaller than a disc smaller than a disc okay in width yeah hmm. like yeah they're so basically what they are is i think they are disc golf poles or the same type of poles because they have them sleeved in the ground okay and now they've added that layer of greenery that's plastic green stuff and it's does it feel weird standing on the t-pad i mean it's yeah but it's again i'm throwing i know what the shot i'm gonna throw i'm i've made it i made a good decision just to you know throw it and to be real if you you throw and if you attack the green and if you don't make it you go to the drop zone and you probably take your four and move on to the next hole. And that's fine because yeah. you're not going to be the only person who fours that you just don't need to be the, one of the people who fives or sixes or does something that shouldn't happen on that hole because you get too crazy. So it's, and it's less than 400 feet, right? It's 365. I think it's three, six, maybe in three sixty seven or something. I mean, it's range. a, it's a hyzer. It's a, yeah. It's a stock hyzer for a fairway driver fairway, for most going, of you guys. Yeah, fairway yeah. driver. And I'm going actually going, I'm going to go sidearm uh, because it, fa- it, there's a, it's a little bit tighter off the tee, but it's, I mean, I'm throwing a sidearm. I'm seeing the gap the whole time, but it's fading towards the safe stuff. So yeah, that I'm, makes sense. So, so it pinches really tight. So if I throw the hyzer, I can, if I miss the hyzer, I might, oh, skip out of bounds, but I might've got the distance perfect. But if I throw the sidearm and get the distance perfect, but miss the line and go a little bit too far right, at least I'm still in yeah, bounds. Still safe, yeah. I'll probably get a three. I might have still have a long look at a two. So that's that's the play again. It's, for me, yeah. I, I mean, I'm obviously going to look for a sidearm almost always, but uh, I, I've been really enjoying throwing evaders on backhand. So I, uh, that's another shot that I'm always looking for. But it's, again, just to, to touch back on the point, it's just unnecessary yeah and now had they played that hole with no nothing in the way it would have been too easy 100 percent. it would have been way too easy this is this does not fit usdgc but this does fit usdgc but it's just like ah, but now this is what but USDGC yeah is. in a way that you don't want yes like, this this makes sense i'm sad that it does yes yes <laughs> yeah that makes yeah. and we're and we're accepting of it if this were to happen, uh, Eagle and Mc, Eagle McMahon and I have talked about this a lot. Everything that happens at USDGC, if it were to happen anywhere else, that event would not happen again. Well, then why did they mm. get away with it? That's a great question. Because well, it's, it's a prestigious event. Like it's it's one of it's one of the top majors. You know, well, how there's, are you supposed to? What are you going to do? Take it away from them? Yeah, and that's and never. It, You're not going to. Yeah, it would be that's bad for the sport if yep, you do. I agree. And it I, I I actually had this conversation today is that if they don't change a little bit in their structure, so if uh the USDGC people and maybe Innova as a manufacturer doesn't kind of give a little bit and just instead of being almighty all over this, I could see it in five years that 
the USDGC is no longer a major and no longer a big event um, because the sport has outgrown it. The sport has gone in a much better direction and they didn't want to adapt and change and be better going forward. I could see yeah. that being a reality. Could you see another uh, another venue or another course somewhere in that area taking over as the USDGC major or? Probably not. Probably not. I don't, I don't. And I honestly, whatever event that will become the new, if it were, if we were to have a new USDGC, we probably haven't even discovered that venue and, or it's a, uh, a venue that's in the works currently. Like I could see Eagles crossing being something mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. caliber. That's highly prestigious, but again, they're kind of not in the best part of town where they're not like super close where this is right next to Charlotte. So people can travel there yeah, easily. Yeah. They can get there. So it's like, we need that to also be a pretty big factor in when a major happens. Why, uh, why Augusta works um, for golf is that they have a big enough airport. It's close enough to a couple major cities so people can get there. There's plenty of hotels. There's plenty going on to help make the event happen. Yeah. That's that becomes a very important factor as to making an event even bigger. And especially what if disc golf continues to grow, we need that because we don't need enough hotels for the players. You need enough hotels for the fans. You need enough hotels yep. for uh, the media. media for cruise, yep. every, the list goes on. It becomes a very big, uh, big thing that has to be a part of what comes on. And, you know, to be honest with you, Rock Hill kind of has it all right now. And Again, we, we as golfers need to figure out ways to give the bright feedback to get us away from the stuff that they are doing. But, man, we do feel handcuffed. It, it just feels like every every year, for, the, for as long as I can remember, this is what happens. Now, and they come out and they say that the USDGC is a time where we try different things. We push the envelope yeah. and things like that. And I often yeah. wonder if sometimes someone's sitting back and say, hey, we should do this. And someone goes, ah, do we want to do that? And they'll be like, well, at least people are talking about it. So I don't know if that's like a, yeah. I don't know how big that is as far as the percentage of why things like that happen, but I wonder if it's part of the, uh, the motive to do that is to make people actually talk about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if they have the idea, like any press is good press. Right. Um, that, that's, and it's entirely possible. And uh, to be fair, every, every year, every year, as of the last few, we've had this to talk about leading up to the event. Yeah. I mean, for, Okay. I'm not a PR person, but if I was doing the planning for this, I, that's one way to get attention. Mm -hmm. There's a better way to get attention though. I'm far you know? better. Yeah. 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 There's, there's stories that you can tell. There's history that you can bring up. There's course records and incredible shots um, that can get people talking about the event that you start posting three months ahead of time. Once a week. Yeah. How does the, how does the payout work at USDGC? Is it, it's usually pretty impressive, isn't it? Oh, it's, no, they, it's, they, it's you always do, very You do good. great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if that could, I mean, maybe that's just not a story to tell every time, but I wonder if that's, yeah, that would it's, be. it's not, especially with, you know, how the disc golf pro tour and their mm -hmm. finals, they, it's like yeah. probably hard to keep up with. And yeah, they should be finding better ways to promote the event. Absolutely. But, yeah. so. you know, we're at that point where until we do something as players and um, stop playing the event. Right. That's, that's, that's that's, that's not going to happen. That's the only thing we can do to really have power if they don't continue to listen to our feedback, because that, that has what has been what it's felt like to be completely honest is that it's, it feels like anything we do say is falls on deaf ears yeah. and that sucks, but man, it's really hard to tell a lot of the old guard in disc golf that the direction and thoughts and feelings that they have is wrong when they've been doing it longer than we have, but they're still stuck four or five years ago. It becomes very difficult to, to shift their thinking, which they think is right. And it will always be right to understanding the new growth and what is going on and where disc golf and the direction it is going. It's yeah. tough. It's yeah. tough. That's it's why we've run into so many issues as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a story to tell next week, next on the next show after the actual right. event. Uh, so I'm watching it. I know that. I mean, yeah, yeah I'll put, be watching. Put it. all the mozzarella sticks out there you want. I'm still watching. I'll, it. Be, oh, dude, I'll got, be eating mozzarella sticks. Marinara sauce ready for it. Let's go. Oh, sick. Saucing. I'm saucing. That could be. Oh, dude, that could be the new Andrew Marweed chocolate chip cookie 
is on hole two or hole nine, you get a birdie. Marineros. <laughs> yeah. <Dunk. laughs> All right, let's get a few questions in. Uh, this, is, this is from Robert, uh, another Robert, I'm assuming. Or maybe, Robert, maybe you had this question. You just wanted to see. I'll let you know. You wanted to answer it yourself. How do no. you get a disc to hyzer ride to the right, ride to the right, and gently come back left for a right backhand, right hand backhand? He wants it to drift to the right. Flip I guess. Up How do you get a right, disc to hyzer back. ride to the right and gently come back left? Okay, so let's let's clarify some terms here. So uh, Paige Pierce always talks about a push hyzer and what her definition of that is like you're throwing the disc on a hyzer angle, but it's going to carry straight and then just kind of finish, finish left. It's not spiking. It's not always moving left. It's on a hyzer angle and it's going straight for a lot of the flight before the hyzer kicks in. Okay. So the one way to do that is just to take a disc that's not understable, but on the stable neutral side, and then just start it on a, just a slight hyzer. And you're going to see, a straight flight for 80%, and then let's say 20 feet of fade for the last, mm-hmm. you know, little bit, right? Okay. But if you're talking about getting a disc to work up from a hyzer to flipped over just a bit and then finish left, it, it takes a pretty special disc to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and either a lot of distance or a certain arm speed, right? Yeah. So, um, so if you think about like Eric, if you're throwing a, a Raider mm-hmm. and it's it's slightly understable, but you're you're putting it out there 500 feet, well you can let that go on Heiser because it's got time to get up to flat and even over to uh, mm-hmm. ride to the right on Annie, ride 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 and then come back. So it's I think it's a little bit easier to do with a sharper edge disc like that, unless you're talking a super understable disc at really low speed, yes. like like if you were to do that with a Thief. You know, you could, you, you could throw a thief 200 feet, start it on hyzer, flip it to the right and, and to come back. But yeah. it starts with, it starts with the right disc, obviously giving yourself enough uh, lateral space to do it. And um, for me, I, I always make the mistake when I'm trying to do that of not committing to um, little enough hyzer. I usually kind of hyzer protect. And so it never quite gets up to flat or moving to the right. It always just kind of stays, it limits distance that way. But if, if that's the shot you're looking for, I think that's a good way to do it. Nailed it. I, there's not much else to add to that other than just go throw your discs that you're going to learn it by. You'll probably learn it with a disc that you didn't think could actually do that shot too. You probably yeah. have a disc sitting in your collection or in your bag that you don't throw for that shot because it's only for this. Try try every disc on every single line, and that'll help you learn that shot. Yeah, and try try your roller disc on forty percent speed, yeah. and just see what it does. You'll be you'll be shocked how easy it is for you to throw it just as far as you would normally throw like a different fairway driver, not throwing it very hard at all. It's all right. So that's all the time we have for the questions. But uh, to kind of wrap things up, um, I'm kind of thinking like. Like I saw uh, Drew Gibson post something about the, the the season winding down and different things like that as far as disc golf and touring and stuff like that. So after USGCC, what is next after that, Eric, uh, is Pro the, Tour Finals. the Pro Tour Finals. And then after that, there's time to take a break. Yeah, there'll probably be some stuff via some of the smaller um, uh, A tiers and some bigger B tiers. Uh, I think I, I'm signed up currently for the open at Tallahassee in Florida, which will be fun. But I honestly, you'll see just small pop-up events. I know that yeah, there's like veterans usually, park open yeah, uh, in, in Arlington Oklahoma is open, November I think time. is the yep. same time frame. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tallahassee. There's a couple events that are all over the country that you're going to see a lot of pros playing, posting about wins kind of stuff, because you know, we're some people are going to be traveling places and want to make, continue to make money. But most of the time, you know, you'll also see a lot of players just being, done done till vegas kind of thing so yeah yeah bobby can i make a show well hold on complete your thought about what's coming up um like like what we're going to do for future shows okay because i have a suggestion for a short segment Ooh. and i haven't told either of you about it so you're going to tell me on the air or off the air on the air are you going to tell me uh, but you want to wait until so i'm all wrapped dude, up this is, this i, I is, want you to i want to make sure you have the information that you are asking 
Oh, that yes, I do. I have the information. I just was curious, you know. Oh, the only thing I was going to follow up with you is Eric Oakley. Is there something? Uh, is there something specific you're going to work on once the disc golf season is over? Anything particular? Is it just going to be kind of rest? Is it? But is there something that uh, you saw something in your game that you're like, I really need to work on that in particular? Or what? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to be working on my overall fitness. Uh, after the beach bash, because I'll need to. Like you said, after the beach bash. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I will be taking a fitness break from the beach bash as well. No, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep doing stuff, but I will not. I know I'm going to have to work off some extra from the beach bash. Cause when we went on the cruise, Oh my God. I definitely, definitely was, did not take care of myself, but I was fine. It was a cruise. Uh, so sue me. Uh, so definitely <laughs> doing that. If you haven't checked out the beach bash, please do. It's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Bobby's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think you can probably still get in, but check it out. I'm pretty sure. Uh, whatever the, I'm going to focus on my health. I'm going to focus on, um, getting incredibly fit, uh, working with Seth Lindsay of disc golf strong, a ton, um, game wise. I have, this is embarrassing. I have lost the ability. I still can, but I, it's best for me not to throw distance driver backhands unless it's an enforcer like Spike Kaiser. Really? If I throw a Raider or I try and like shape an enforcer or something like trying to throw this big distance like type of shot, I have no idea where the disc is going to go. Also, I don't even know if it's going to go that far. But you put an evader in my hand or a, a Lucidex Maverick, I am throwing that disc 450 plus on a frozen rope. At Foxwood, the tournament I won, I didn't throw a single distance driver backhand. Right. Everything was seven speed. And I was, I was able to get uh, some eagles on par. I had an eagle on a par five or eagle looks on par fives. And my, the, the disc wasn't compromising uh, my ability to score. And I'm doing, I'm doing the same out here is if I'm throwing a bigger distance driver backhand, it's with an evader or a maverick. And that, those are the discs that are working. So I plan, plan to work very hard on getting that ability to throw distance drivers again, because there are times and places where you have to have it wow. and <laughs> not having it is can be very dangerous and and doesn't allow you to score like you need to to compete so like uh, like a jonesboro for example big big course uh more like a maple hill and like okay sure uh, a couple holes at ledgestone like like jonesboro is jonesboro is weird there's a couple holes that i absolutely yes i i will agree but yeah it's 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 exactly that i had it at deglo and then immediately lost it after that because at D-Glow, I had a I had a Raider that I was like throwing it like it was the best disc I've ever thrown in my entire life, and then within a week I I I just didn't, I just didn't know what to do. It was it was insane. So that's a process of something that I want to work on. So it's going to be somewhat form related. I'm going to talk with my boy Landon Knight and send some videos to him. He did incorporate something that I need to work on. He's out of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Fantastic coach and also if you guys want to work on form as well if you're listening jonathan nicholson is in the dallas fort worth area so those are some amazing people if you happen to be in that area i'll be in the pensacola area if you want to work with me so whatever uh but i'm going to be working a lot on my own game to get that shot back or maybe even find a disc that works better for it so it might could be the disc in my hand it's not coming out clean enough uh i did have the thought of throwing more yeah, have I was going to Have you tried those? those? I haven't I've, yet. They're I'm good. very curious about it. They're very good. Uh, the Royal he, Rives the is Royal what Rives, he's asking yeah. about. Um, but I also have had the thought of going back to throwing mainly just Raiders for forehands and Enforcers for backhands and trying that out to see if that works. That's kind of what I've been doing lately is like if I have to throw a backhand, I'm like, all right, Enforcer Spike Heiser, like Enforcer Heiser, because I know that that shot I at least can do to some capacity so that's a big thing i made that way bigger than it needs to be but now you know well that's good now no we'll, we'll check no we'll check back with I'm you i'm gonna be doing yeah on the off season, we'll check back see how your progress in <laughs> fact we may even make it like a little thing we're just checking in on what you're practicing what you're working on so people can kind of go through with oh, you i can't on wait that. to bring good news bobby <laughs> it's literally as if you thought of my segment and then just said it 
right there. But let me let me get let me tell you where I'm coming from. So Bobby and I have as long as we talking. realize now it was my idea. Right. No right, matter right, if right. we go with no, this, I want to so. hear about Bobby's idea from Robert. Okay. Yeah. This is something that Bobby told me that I want to share with you guys. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I've been reading a book called Atomic Habits, right? And Bobby has read it. We talked about it some. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. If you haven't read it, I think it's absolutely a worthwhile read. But all three of us are people who um, I'd say right now are like trying to make some pretty big changes and mm-hmm. stick and stick to what we're doing. Yeah. And so um, the thought, the, the thought that Bobby had that I would, wanted to share uh, on behalf of him uh, was if we did something like at what's, what's one thing that you are working on this week, if it's a disc golf thing, awesome. If it's not a disc golf thing, no problem. Because well, like one of the things in atomic habits is they just talk about how your, your small changes compound over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, you know, if you're, if you're on a course, right. And you start one degree left of course, it's not a big deal 50 feet away from you, but two miles away from you, you're not even close to where you were pointed before. Yeah. Yeah. And so as, as those, like, as we make those changes, it makes a big difference. And so Mm -hmm. I, I want, and for, I know that people have followed Bobby's fitness journey a lot. Eric, you're posting about running every day. I think that could be something cool for people to join in with us. Um, or just do be disc encouraged. Golf I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Disc yeah. Golf it can be anything. Or yeah. We it could, could do anything. I mean, it could be rocket league. Like how many demos can I get in a week or do and a lot is the answer to that. But yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't know if I lost something, to touch <laughs> something that you're working on, uh, or, or something that even you're like, Hey, this is my next thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a new thing every week, this is my next thing. This is where I'm at on it. So Love thoughts. That. No, I think it's fantastic. All right. I, mean, I need a good idea. Name. Good Bobby, idea, Bobby. Bobby, yeah, we need you. a name for, for it. Um, what's that thing? <laughs> yeah. What's that what's one thing? Do, do Oh, are you doing your thing? What's that one thing? I mean, yeah, it, gonna, could be, it could be something let me, we do. Let me do some brainstorming. Okay. Yeah, okay. And if you're in the you chat, help us. I think that would be huge if we could get Ooh, some, yeah, yeah. some. Yeah. If you hear this, tell us your idea for what this thing should be. I think, I think it's a fantastic it's idea. I think it's great. It's follow, it follows along uh, the whole thing of what I've been doing. Yeah. On my uh, personal social media, as far as I even started a group where there's October challenges where we're challenging each other with different uh, routines and habits, new positive habits. Um, it actually kind of goes along with the, uh, a little thing me and Tina have where we call each other every couple of weeks and we talk about what's working, what's not working, how is life going, just on all kinds of levels. And just to be able to kind of bounce ideas off uh, someone else is fantastic. Um, I was doing it with Tyler Searle for a while, but we're going to start back up because he got really busy with his RV breaking down and different things happening in Florida. So I think this would be fantastic to where we would end the show with, okay, guys, what's that one thing you're working on? And uh, you'll, you'll, you'll come up with a clever, clever name for it though, Robert. Yeah, of course. It's a good idea, Bobby. I'm glad that we went for it. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've been, we don't have to all do it, but this is just an example for me. So in, in September, everybody who knows me, by the way, knows that I love Dr. Pepper. These are the facts. Yes. I love Dr. Pepper. Okay. Um, however, drinking Dr. Pepper is probably the least healthy thing that I do. It's not probably, it's the least healthy <laughs> yeah. thing that I do by, by a long shot, yeah. like a long, long shot. Um, I mean, I don't eat like you know, super duper clean all the time, but I also don't eat burgers and fries every day. Okay. So this is easily the least healthy thing that I do. And so I told Shay in September and I've gone for, I was drinking several sodas a day for sure. Um, probably not a day go, would go by without me having one. Okay. So I told Shay in September, like, just cause I, just cause I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Cause I, I like to do hard things. I'm going to drink no more than two sodas a week, period. That's what I'm going to do. And, um, and so I did that for the month of September and I thought it was going to be torture, right? Because I've quit before cold Turkey, like mm-hmm. one day, all of Pain. them next, next day, zero. And like five or six days in, I would have just a, like a splitting caffeine headache. Do you know why and, that happens? By and the, the way? Yes. And it's, it's awful. Because it's in your fat and then it's stored into your fat. And as your fat like gets replaced and burns and then it releases the stuff that was in the Dr. Pepper and it's like 
Yes. Oh, yes. You love it. Get yes. It. Yeah. Crazy. And because what, what's crazy too he is called it's like fat. a, and, and Still be fat. He's, he's not wrong. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that's like, that's also um, when you're coming down from an addiction type thing too. Yes. Which like, for me, I, I think I could pretty easily admit, like I was pretty addicted to Dr. Pepper. I would drink it with every meal. If I got stressed, I'd probably get a Dr. Pepper. So anyway, all, all that to say, I made that change. I thought it was going to be terrible. It, it really wasn't. Um, and so that's the thing that I've been working on. You'll, as you'll see, I've, I've switched to a Topo Chico. Topo Chico. And, and I like it. Um, but not as strict of a, only two per week at this point, but because I don't feel the need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like That's been 30 however many days, now 34 of a, of a new habit. And that's so awesome, that's the thing I'm working on. Perfect. Love it. Nice. And that's definitely a positive habit to have. Yeah. You're like, I've been doing it for a while and it ended up being a good thing. Yeah. Having less sugar is always shockingly. Yeah. Was good a, for you. Is a good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I don't have, well, I don't, I don't have anything specific to share, but I will tell you some challenges that I'm having that I'm trying to have to, cause I had a routine and a habit of getting up at four 30 every morning, Monday yeah. through Friday to go to the gym. And that was a great routine to have. And it just, I knew for go to bed, 8, 8, you will at least start winding down about 8, 8, 30, 9, 9, 30. I'm uh, uh, trying to fall asleep, wake up at 4, 30, get to the gym by 5, do my thing. This whole transition thing of going back to, um, I'm staying with some family members in Vertigris, and then I'm having to drive a half hour to the gym, and then I'm coming back to my house to clean up for Airbnb guests, Airbnb guests going back and forth, uh, working with people, trying to get this freelance social media coach thing going has wrecked my routine. Hmm. Thankfully, what I've done though, is because I've been doing this routine for such a long time, for about a year and a half, that I have the habit of going to the gym. I'm following a routine. And so, in fact, I was uh, sharing this with Tina earlier. Hmm. I read something where someone said it's that, that successful people, even high level successful people, they lose motivation just like everybody else. But what they do is they create an environment around them where they don't have to flex their motivational muscles so much. So they have routines and processes and procedures in place. My routine is my workout program that I follow. So I know one day's pull day, one day's push day, one day's leg day. And so I can fall back. So if I can't make it at 430 in the morning, I fall back on that workout program and know today's leg day. So if I go at nine, I go at 11, I go at five, it doesn't matter. I get it done. And that's helped me to almost in a sense, keep that habit going, but create a flexible and fluid routine. And that is where that building that positive habit has been something I've been able to fall back on. And it's been great. Yeah, dude, that I was reading in atomic habits today about the the four steps that go into uh, an action. And what you're talking about, like if, if you make an environment where it's easy for you to do this, the, the less thinking that you have to do, the, the, be- the, the better, the easier it is, yes. right? And you think about, when you think about the result, it's easy to think about the result as being attractive. And so it's just going through the, you have to read the book. If you That's haven't good. read it, it's, it's fantastic. But what you're saying makes a lot of sense in that, uh, yeah, I guess in the arena that you're working on right now. Yeah. I've been seeing that firsthand with the the running that I've been doing. So to anybody who doesn't know, new listeners or whatever, I uh, have ran uh, 160, I think today was 161. That's uh, right in that number of 160 days in a row. And Bobby, that I went through the same things and I on travel days and I just have now, you know, if I'm going to the course, I make sure I have some running shoes, even though I play in trail runners, but I have some running shoes with me always so if i think about it i can just run at the course real quick and just get it in and just and i'm running for 10 minutes at the minimum with a one minute warm-up 10 minutes of running a day that's the minimum and it's so easy to just get that little thing in and it has it is compounded to where i feel better everything's awesome and i i applaud you on keeping to that routine even when you know, I, I went to the course with Kyle Klein and I, and I drove and I said, Hey, do you mind just driving to the front of the parking lot uh, of USCGC or for over at Winthrop? And I said, I'm going to, you can take the car, just park. I'm going to run real quick, right? As we got done. So I ran and then I met him there. So I had to get all the way to him at some point. So it was like really nice to like 
I have this. I know this is weird. I'll see you in 10 or 15 minutes and then just go and just do it. And, you know, yeah, maybe it's weird, but it's, I feel so much better because of it. So creating good habits, I'm going to probably keep running as my thing for the week, but uh, I will definitely be thinking about new future things that I can put towards uh, every single week. And, you know, we can keep each other honest and it's going to be really good. And hopefully we can inspire those listening to do some of the same and just be better and be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys on what what you're working on, what habits you're forming so that, yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to improve. Let's improve together. Absolutely. So on Spotify, if you listen to this on Spotify, there's actually a feature on there that actually I can ask you a question. I'll ask you that question. What is a positive habit that you can put into place? And you can give us, we can read those uh, on the next episode. Um, Also, uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Anything That's, about the podcast moving forward, where you can find us, all that well, stuff? So we will be on YouTube next week. We will week. definitely be live on YouTube because they'll finally, they'll activate it. I'm telling you, I feel like I am basically starting over with a lot of this stuff that I completely forgot all about the little ins and outs of it. But we'll be live on YouTube. Obviously, you go, you can watch us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Now, to our audio listeners, it, we're going to have the audio version, which is what you're listening to right now. But this is going to be available everywhere. It took a few days to get everywhere, yes. but it's on Spotify. If you're on the audio. It's, if it's Spotify, uh, Stitcher, oh, wait, huh? uh, Google Podcast. Uh, 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 what's the other one that I can't remember? Uh, Apple, iTunes. So you can find us on iTunes. Get us some reviews. If you listen on iTunes, please. Send in those reviews so we can start getting in with the whole disc golf algorithm and get you get you good information. And going forward, yes, it's going to be it's kind of the similar what I was accomplishing with uh, disc golf audio. In that, we're going to have interviews where I'm going to interview people. I actually have one set up with Drew Gibson here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to reach out to all kinds nice. of different people, some disc golf store owners. Uh, I ha- I put out a, a call to I want to talk to somebody that is an am that they've been itching to get and do the, the, the touring thing. And so I want to talk to somebody that's going to make the leap in 2022 to touring full time. I want to find out what their mindset is. I want to know what they're thinking, how they're going to make it, how they're going to make it. So some of you listening can be inspired to do that as well. Cause this golf is growing and there's, mm-hmm. it's being, being made available for more and more people to make it not just a lifestyle, but a career out of it. And I think that's amazing. I want to hear people's stories. So going forward with that. And then obviously I told you like earlier is the GAM daily um, where I'm going to have uh, not every single day, but I'm going to have on a regular basis, have some quick tips for you. Five to eight minute tips that I find very helpful out on YouTube. I'm going to share it with you and then I'll be able to tell you the source of it. So you can watch that entire thing. But that way we're just, we're going to be constantly feeding you stuff to help you with your disc golf game and bring you value uh, as you listen to the show. Heck yeah. Awesome. Anything else, guys? No, that's it. All right. Get us out of here. All right. Be good, guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Bye.